and welcome back to Tonight Movie. I am Sarah, joined with my dearly beloved older brother, a Benjamin Turner. And today we will be talking about a classic Disney movie, one that we grew up watching and we still watch, or at least I still watch on the daily, Atlantis The Lost Empire, and I personally find it an underrated film. Ben, would you please tell us the plot? So it's set in 1914. Cartographer and linguist Milo Thatch has been studying the lost city of Atlantis and attempting to get a research trip funded by the Smithsonian Museum. After failing multiple times, he meets an old friend of his grandfather, Preston B. Whitmore, who agrees to fund the research trip. With the hope of an interesting but talented group, Milo sets out to find Atlantis and uncovers more than he thought. So, kind of, just, we're just going to dive right in, and I kind of want to. I first want to talk about this: the cinematography and the way it was animated at first, because I personally find it this, along with Treasure Planet, one of Disney's best animated movies, and just overall action and adventure. Oh gosh, yeah, it's at beautifully animated. Absolutely gorgeously animated. Um, I'm going to keep messing up names. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not an animation geek at all. But the guy who made uh, the lead animator, shoot, can you pull that up, Sarah? I can't remember his name. I uh, got you. Yeah. He ended up, uh, he has a bit of a cult following because he, he does, um, I don't think he did Treasure Planet too, but he does uh, movies that are just very beautifully animated. I think he also had a hand in Notre Dame, uh, Hunchback in Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, there were a total of four people. Who, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you for yeah. a second. There were a total of four people who kind of like started Atlantis, or at least the concept of it. It was after they did Hunchback, mm -hmm. and it was with Don Han, Gary Truesdo, Kirk Wise, and Tab Murphy. Uh, Gary Shoot, Truesdo, I can't remember which one's the anime. <laughs> Gary Truesdo and Kirk Wise, they directed it. They mm. co-directed it. Um, Dan Han, Don Han, sorry, produced it, and the screenplay was by Tab Murphy. There were a whole bunch of different animating supervisors. Well, you know, I'm gonna remember the guy's name at some point. I hope I remember the guy's name at some point. Yeah. Yeah, but the only one. like the only other person I can actually say like it's him. Um, like you can actually see an animated style as him, whoever, whatever his name is, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> and we'll find uh, out. The more we talk, we'll continue. Yeah, and him and Kennedy Tartofsky, Tarkovsky, Tartofsky, the guy who did Samurai Jack and Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Lab. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, they they have uh, very yeah yeah they have very distinct animated styles. I think most kids, uh, most people our age in their twenties and thirties will would recognize without actually yeah. like knowing their names simply because of how they, they animate their, they just know their style and their voice oh yeah oh going off that we have Cree summer who voices kita one of the yeah. lead, um characters in this mm -hmm. film and for for Cree summer for those of you who don't know if you watch codenames of kids the codename of kid kids next door cartoon network she voiced number five. Oh she, yeah um, that's where i recognize her from for and also anyone from uh rugrats and the spinoff all grown up she susie carmichael and I know she's just done a whole bunch of other stuff with Nickelodeon and uh, Cartoon Network. But like you said, it's one of those movies where you recognize the art style. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. This entire movie is a freaking uh, is is the is the millennial like child childhood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because also going off that is interesting. I haven't pulled up the Wikipedia page. Because we need our little extra notes. They did three. There are three animation studios that did this. You have mm -hmm. the one in Burbank, the Walt Disney Feature Animation, mm -hmm. Disney Feature Animation in Florida. Before, and I think that's shut down. 
someone correct me on that, and then the Disney animation in France. So we had three different studios, 350 animators, artists, and technicians all working on this movie. But I and think it shows. It, was, <laughs> it shows. But I think they did spectacularly well because mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, um, the, the people who did this, Don, Gary, Kirk, and Tab, they all wanted to have the, have that same similar uh, adventure feeling that you would get from watching Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And they drew inspiration from Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which I still have to Oh, read. yeah. They uh, they ended up doing a lot of, like, cool stuff yeah. for it. They ended up going to... They ended up spelunking <laughs> to, like, be able to, to be able to show the sequences when they're underground. Uh, they did a lot of, like... They did a lot of studying of, like, older cultures yeah. to create... Like, they were, like, create... They created entire languages. Um, and the animation was... Ex- like, they did visited, like, the... Uh, the old World War One war museums yeah. to be able to to be able to make their almost steampunk yeah. looking uh, devices and everything like that. It was uh, looked at a lot yeah. of Mayan architecture. There was yeah, there was a lot of heart and soul that went into it, and and it really shows on the pages, uh, especially. And it was a bit of a, in in kind of a bittersweet way. It's also it, the movie is a bit of a swan song for uh, hand drawn animation. Yes. I should say two D animation in general, uh, since you know we haven't. Uh, I think yeah. Princess and the Frog was the last like major. I think it's two D animation movie. Winnie the Pooh that Disney did. It's one of those two. Oh, that was the last one that. Yeah, it, it was either one of those two, but they were definitely yeah, yeah. the tail end. Yeah, yeah, especially and Disney and and Landis was like the thing uh, that came like at the very tail end too. Because yeah, because this came in two thousand one, so it was like yeah, the last ten years or so. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when. When we would get McDonald's and those Happy Meals, I think they, we still have it buried somewhere in our old toy drawers. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the necklaces that they had in those? Oh rooms? yeah, I think yeah. I still have mine buried somewhere in yeah. storage. But it was—they promoted the crap out of it, mm-hmm. and marketing-wise, it was fantastic. I think mm-hmm. they did a great job of it because mm-hmm. internet was just starting to become more and more of a thing, mm-hmm. and they took advantage of everything kids because they, they did kellogg's happy meal there's one other thing that they used it for but they went all out on marketing I'm glad mm-hmm. they did but sadly this is still kind of an underrated movie yeah. at least i feel like because no people have right. either seen it or they haven't and if they haven't they know of it but they're like eh, it doesn't really interest yeah. me which yeah, well, I, I don't it, understand yeah <laughs> well part of it is oh the script I want to go. I want to go on the script. I want to. I want to. I want to complain about something. Um, so for the first like forty-five minutes, maybe an hour of the movie, easily one of the best written kids movies I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Agreed. And then they absolutely fall apart towards the end when they do the big conflict and climax. I mean, it it, like it doesn't just fall apart. No, falling. It was like it's like the Hindenburg of scripts. (laughs) I'm just. I'm I'm just so flabbergasted watching this as an adult because I remember as a kid I didn't really like it I couldn't really figure out why because you know I was like seven eight years old. Yeah. Um, as an adult, I'm looking at it like, wow, like they really like dropped the ball on this. I. I so so I I don't know really how to say it. So I can say about how great the first hour is, and I'm gonna I and I think at some point we're gonna go at oh, length, yeah. but. The climax of the movie is essentially, and this is like this. I know we mostly like talk about movies as if we're recommending a movie to somebody, uh, so we try not to spoil things. Um, 
But I'm gonna spoil it because I'm just I'm just <laughs> this Disney, irked if about anyone it. Anyone who has Disney Plus, which I feel about 95% of the world does have yeah. now, it's on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. So next time, so watch it then come. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, now from here on out, it's gonna be spoilers because yeah, okay. I'm just 1, pissed enough about this. Go for it. Um. So the entire movie is <sighs> you fall in love with the characters. You even yeah. fall in love with the eventual villains like Commander Rorik and whatever her name is that is Helga. Uh, Helga. There we go. Lieutenant Helga. Uh yeah, and the re- and you fall in love with them because like as much as like they're a little they're rough around the edges, you can see that they generally mean good and Rorik eventually uh it becomes a sort of informal mentor to Milo. Not 100%, but you can kind of see it. And you can see there's some grudging respect for him that, that's being built. Uh, despite all the, sh- the crap, the stuff that's happened. <laughs> slowly more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> despite all the stuff that's happened. Because at this point, they've been through hell and back together. They've lost most of their crew. Which, by the way, one of the most heartfelt scenes in the entire movie nice. is when uh, is when Rorik... Uh, leads them in sort of an informal memorial for everyone that's died in the expedition and the candles like go out into the uh water and you see everyone like sad like him helga like in spite the fact that you know what they're apparently a hundred 180 change of character but oh gosh (laughs) so my main point sorry my main point is rorik and helga and all the other people they become very sympathetic as time goes on and I'm sure what they were trying to do at the climax was when Rorik shows his true colors and says screw it to the people of Atlantis I'm in it for the money because apparently you want to do the one of the largest companies in the world wanted to do some sermon on capitalism I guess I don't know, I don't know. uh <laughs> Greed. That's yeah, greed. Uh, yeah, greed. coming from Disney. Wow. Yeah, that's that's freaking great. Uh, <laughs> anyways, underlying meaning. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, um, and like he he says, screw the people of Atlantis. They're all gonna die. We're gonna take all these artifacts and kill them, and we don't care because we're gonna make money. And I'm looking at it like. I, that was supposed to hit us hard because, you know, we like Helga and Rourke. And I'm like, that's totally out of character for this guy. This guy is obviously willing to go out of his way for his men and make sure they – and, like, and help them. And he genuinely – as a leader, he genuinely feels bad at all the people who have died under his command, which is a lot of people at this point in the movie. Yeah. And he's, like – he's even, like, pretty respectful to the natives and everything like that. I just their climax could have been so much different. Their climax could have been oh gosh, there, it could have been uh, the defenses of the city had, uh, that originally like destroyed the city were reawakened by the explorers who innocent who were being somewhat innocent. They yeah. were they were just 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 exploring. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then yes. the climax of the movie is uh, the people of Atlantis and the explorers fighting off the. Defense, the Leviathan or defenses of the city or whatever that are destroying the city. Maybe Rorik or Helga dies. Especially Rorik could die, and it could be really heartfelt because, you know, he's a great man who who has his flaws, who yeah. may have been careless getting to Atlantis. Yeah. But, like, and Milo uses him as, like, a leadership model, right, to become a better man. And it's just, ugh. Like that so many, it could have been so much better. No wonder it's as underrated because everyone gets freaking bored in the last half hour of the movie when, like, granted there are explosions, which is cool, but, like, it's just... I will say the... Yeah. I will it, say, like, the final battle scene yeah that was pretty cool yeah because you had every you have a whole bunch of like flying technology yeah. and that was and everything and f- that 10 minutes i really liked as a kid 
But the other 25 minutes and last third of the movie, I was just really unhappy with. <laughs> I can imagine, like, eight-year-old, you'll be like, what is this? Yeah, what exactly. Is this? Yeah. I'm like, why is James Garner's character a bad guy? Like, <laughs> that James sucks. James Garner isn't supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, oh. Yeah, exactly. I think, side note, I think James Garner did a great job voicing. Oh, yeah, Michael J. Oh, yeah, Fox as uh, Milo Thatch. Oh, that's awesome. John Mahoney as um, Preston Whitmore. Yeah, yeah. Um, let, uh, who's the guy who played Spock? Um, I ha- literally have it written down here. Uh, oh, uh, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, yeah he was the, uh, the, king. the king. Yeah. Atlantean king. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, yeah, we already mentioned Kree Summer. Mm-hmm. All-star cast. Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch of other people that you probably definitely heard the voices of did mm-hmm. a fantastic job. You know, yeah, and you can just... One last thing on the bad part of the script, then we can go to the good part. Sorry, I know I'm, like, dominating this part of the conversation, but I'm very passionate about it. Uh, I feel like, at some point, the screenwriters or producers or someone, about an hour into the... Like, they're, like, 70 pages into the script, and they're all of a sudden like, oh, crap, we gotta, um... We gotta start, like... we, We gotta have a bad guy. Instead of making it an adventure movie... Like an almost like an old Davy Crockett movie, and like okay. instead, yeah, instead of making an adventure movie, and that just ah oh, that irks me so much. The bad guy could have been nature itself easily. They wrote themselves in into that kind of storyline, and then just like jump jump the shark. Yeah, apparently, going off, yeah, going off that because the king at one point had said the the technology of the gods themselves had kind of gotten a mind of their own. Exactly. So that actually you go. Oh. So much better. Yeah, that would have been so <laughs> cool. Because <laughs> I will say, I do really enjoy watching the movie, and I mm-hmm. like having it on as background noise. Mm-hmm. Just whenever I do a puzzle or drawing or whatever, and the, but then like the last, yeah, the last three minutes is like, really? Yeah. Could have done better. Yeah. Although an interesting note, the original movie was three hours long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the first two hours, they they when they were doing the first two acts of the movie. Uh, they realized that it was in all 200 hours, or two hours, sorry. 200, uh, 200 hours. hours. Yeah, two hours. Imagine this is um, a 200 hour yeah. movie. And they eventually had to shorten it down to an hour and a half. Um, actually, I think this movie also would have been a pretty good success as an epic, like an epic animation. I, I can't... would love to see this as that, as a three hour epic animation. Mm-hmm. I felt an hour and a half was too short. Mm-hmm. Because upon the entering the sub, which we'll get to when they enter the whole yeah. sub in general, because we both love the sub, I mm-hmm. know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. I felt like that and when they were spelunking through the caves, those were too short. Mm-hmm. I felt as if they could have made them longer and we could have been able to see so much more oh, of them. Yeah. When, because the sub, first off, the sub itself looked incredible. Amazing animation. Great animation, great CGI. And especially at the time, because it was still a little bit new at the time. Mm-hmm. If I like when the sub history. drops into the water, chills. Oh. <laughs> that is still one of, I know that's one of your favorite scenes. Yeah. I was watching this movie. What was it? I think it was a couple months ago. And I was home from school and watching it. And I get to that scene to where you have Preston Whitmore, um, like, standing in front of the sub. Mm-hmm. The sub enters the water. And Preston Whitmore, he lifts his f- fist up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes! Like, this is my sub. Like, they're going to go on. They're going to do this for my friend. Mm-hmm. friend. And I'm like, I cannot wait. And I remember you walking. And they're like, like, oh, that's such a great scene. I love that scene. <laughs> yes, yes. He's like, oh, that's a great scene. They need to do that more. Yeah, yeah. Oh. 
Gosh. As you can tell, we very much love this movie and very have strong opinions on Exactly. Movie. I'm really hoping I usually I actually so Disney is gonna be doing a live action version of this movie. Wait, are they actually? That's yeah, one there's question. Yeah. So they are doing a live action version of this movie. I am uh When was that confirmed? Because I've heard I think it was things. recently, I'm not hundred percent sure. <laughs> uh yeah, look it up real yeah. quick. Um I think it was just a rumor. Which part of me is like, wow, maybe one outlet live action movie everyone would look forward to. On the other hand, like, on the other hand, I think like it can ruin it pretty bad, especially if they stick with the original storyline. I feel they could have a I, because like one of my questions was Disney doing a plethora of live action movies from their Mm -hmm. Disney ones, and I have multiple things on this. Mm. I'm gonna don't get me wrong, we do both enjoy Disney movies. Um, where Ben and I are. And even dad, even our dad, and our mom's not really much of a huge movie geek. She she does like a lot of the action adventure stuff. She likes the Avengers movies a lot. It's really fun to go to a movie theater with her because she forgets she's the only one in there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's highly enjoyable. But I feel like with the age of that Disney and current and currently current Disney, I feel like he's just remaking a whole bunch of stuff and not putting more original thought into it. However, I think this and Treasure Planet, if they were to do a live action, it would turn out amazingly. And everyone I've talked to have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. And and then hopefully I want them to get back to like kind of old school Disney, probably like 90s and before. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like early 2000s and before because this yeah. came out in 2001. Because mm-hmm. it had a lot of great original ideas. And I want them to go back to that exploring adventure because it's fantastic. Like you don't need a big bad guy. No, you don't. Yeah, you, you can really just don't. just make it an adventure movie. Everyone loves that. <laughs> you can't. I was, I was about to say you can't go wrong with an adventure movie if you, but I feel like if you you could go wrong mm-hmm. if not made properly. Mm-hmm. Ben and I have our own like huge set of standards. Yeah, <laughs> very high standards, very unrealistic. At least. Yeah. Sometimes it can be unrealistic to us. I mean, yeah, but we like adventure. Like, look at uh, remember we were watching we last uh, well last episode, which we uh, we were talking about Stalker. There's no bad guy in Stalker. There really is not. No, it's just an adventure movie. movie. It is like it's, a lot of philosophical. Yeah, yeah, but it, at its heart, it's just an adventure. Three guys going to somewhere. That's it. Trying trying to find something. And yeah. if you want to like try to depict a bad guy, like the bad if we're going on going to go on Stalker again. Like, the bad guy, you want to argue, is themselves. Yeah, or nature. nature. Yeah, which is this movie. <laughs> like, in a sense, it's like nature itself is the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And what about with that? That actually would have been so much more interesting to go about and see how that would work. As far as, so, we would, I was meant to look at, like, a live action, uh, what movie were we talking about? Atlantis. <laughs> I had the biggest brain fart yeah. if they were doing that. Uh... It sound, but it sounds like it's not happening at the moment. Like, well, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, like, part of me want, like Parquet. Part of me wants to have a live action Atlantis because I think that would actually look sick. Like I think it would. However, I'm also a big believer of if something's good the first time around. You shouldn't do it a second time. You yeah. shouldn't do it a second time. You should leave it be. Like the sequel to this movie was yeah. crap. I could see it. I could see it being good if they did uh, conventional. Special effects, like sort of like how Nolan does it, instead yeah. of doing a CGI, because I think a CGI would just look absolutely horrible. 
They would uh, ha- if they were, they would have to do CGI for the. Well, yeah, I mean, they, there would be the, some, but like, Leviathan. but yeah, but trying to do like models and stuff like that, and doing again what Nolan does, conventional stuff would make it look really cool. Oh yeah. Dang, Disney, hire me for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so there. My name is Benjamin Turner. I'm submitting my resume to yeah. <laughs> here, and I will provide everything you need. Yeah. <laughs> So there's oh some cool uh, lines in the script. You want to go over that, Sarah? Oh, my. Yeah, okay. Yes, there's a lot. I, I The script, I feel like, could have been a little bit more refined in some cases. I kind of felt as if there was a little bit of dorky moral, like the last third of the movie, even where Rourke says to his teammates, like, what, you're deciding now to grow a conscience? Like, yeah, kinda, that was kind of stupid. Call, he kind of calls it out a little bit. So a little bit of a dorky moral. Yeah. I want it, like... I guess we've been talking about the last, what, 15 minutes yeah. or however long. Uh, definitely could have been a lot better. And you could have avoided that dorky moral. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of great one-liners in this movie. Oh, it was very sna- a very <laughs> witty, very witty movie. <laughs> um, to people who have seen this movie, like one of the most famous lines that we all, I think everyone loves to say, is you have the character Cookie, who's like this typical hillbilly guy who has like three teeth. And he's the uh, cook for the expedition. Okay, sorry, he's the cook for this the entire expedition. And Helga, she looks at Cookie. She's just like, um, she's like the men need their four basic food groups. And Cookie looks at her. He's like, I have your four basic groups, food groups, as he's holding up three fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not again not the brightest tool in the set to shed. But my, he's like, your four basic basic food groups are beans, bacon, whiskey, and lard. <laughs> And that, and you know, one of the reasons why this movie would be made today is because that was yeah, an alcoholic, alcoholic reference. reference. <laughs> uh, very much alcoholic reference. However, yeah. I, I was also thinking, because um, a couple um, today, as I'm putting notes together for this, um, this movie, along with the movie Snow Dogs, which is also very much an underrated movie, um, very actually diverse cast. If you if you think about it, diverse. You oh, you mean like... Uh, in just terms of characters and... Are you yeah, talking about like personality? Per, uh, personality and also just, if you want to, like, I guess, like race. Like, like you have oh. um, a young Hispanic woman who is one, who's one of the mechanics. Yeah. And she's the lead mechanic and she kicks serious butt. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I know what I'm talking about. Don't push me. Um, you have a black Native American man, Dr. Sweet, who mm-hmm. is... I love tweets. I love tweets. Yeah, he was a super cool character. He was, he was great and very much fast-paced. Mm-hmm. And one of the the animators actually had, had a hard time talking, not talking, animating. Um, who did it? Uh, I think the, man, the guy who voiced him was Phil Morris. Because he would talk so fast. And so they kind of <laughs> had to like, keep up the animation with his fast talking. But that mm-hmm. went into the character a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also, he also Vinny who is mm-hmm. the explosive expert, who also has some very good, interesting lines and very good one-liners. At one point, when they're talking about the Leviathan, and the Leviathan, in this case, is just a giant machine creature. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't know it's a machine until when they're attacked by it. And Milo, Milo that he's like, Jiminy Christmas, this is a machine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, did not realize that. But before that, he's explaining what the Leviathan is, this creature. And Vinny just looks at it, and he's just like, with something like that, I think I'd have white wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if they killed him, I think I'd have white wine with it. (laughs) It Uh, It was delivered very well, too. Very well. And then you have, of course, Packard, who, I don't know why, but Packard reminds me of our grandmother. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why. 
I have absolutely no idea why, but she does. Kind of looks like her, yeah. <laughs> Minus the chain smoking. Yeah. But Packard, she... Her and Cookie don't say much in this movie, but when they do, they have such witty one-liners. Mm -hmm. And at one point, um, Packard, she is the telecommunications person mm -hmm. and, like, radios, does all the coordinates and everything like that. And why she's doing that, she when she's not doing her work, she's talking on the phone with her friend Marge and like helping her through like relationship counseling. Uh -huh. And she just like and she tells her at one point, she's like, And he took his suitcase, Marge, honey, I don't think he's coming back. You're <laughs> like, like, he's not coming back. I don't know what to tell you. There was yeah, there's a little bit of a channeling the Rodney Dangerfield of one liners in here. Oh, really my good, goodness. yeah. So many amazing one liners. Did feel like it could be refined a little bit, mm -hmm. but Again, aside from, like, the last third of mm -hmm. the movie. Yeah. Like, I didn't see anything I didn't like. It was definitely a bit fast-paced, but we talked about mm -hmm. the fast-pacedness mm -hmm. of the sub. Yeah. Well, and the popular. reason why is because, for those of you that don't know, uh, the way they make these movies, like the big companies, especially Disney, is probably, like, the biggest offender, quote-unquote, if you consider it offensive. Um, they stick... They do everything based off market research, so they're like, yeah. well, kids don't have enough of a attention span, so we have to make movies only an hour and a half long if they're going to be family animated movies. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, and when and then you have you know things like the new Star Wars trilogy, where yeah. uh, one of the flaws in this thinking is what they do is they stick a whole bunch of people in a room, they ask them a whole series of questions, what they want in a movie. And then they tell the writers and the producers and the directors what to do based off this market research instead of giving the movie any semblance of personality, which is what you have, you know, Force Awakens, yeah. Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I'm missing uh, Star Wars. I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah, well, you're, you really are not missing anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the new movies, you're definitely not missing anything. Um, that's, def that's not an unpopular opinion either. I've heard definitely mixed things. I have a yeah, friend who's yeah. Like a die-hard Star Wars fan, and will just like watch anything Star Wars mm. just because she loves Star Wars. Yeah. But as far as Star Wars goes, I've seen the prequels, and I've seen the originals. Yeah. And I'm kind of good with that. Yeah. So why? That's why they made the decision for 90 minutes because they're sitting here like uh, they probably they didn't market research. They're like, well, you know, kids don't pay attention long enough, or. Uh, it was probably, what was this, early 2000s? They were probably sitting here like, no one wants to sit through a movie that's more than an hour and a half. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and internet was just coming out, so they didn't know what... Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, research. you see it because, like, if you lose on a movie, like they lost on this movie, actually. No, uh, Yeah, they didn't? No, um... Sure? I thought it was a bomb. Oh, it's Treasure Planet, that's what I'm Treasure thinking of. Treasure Planet, that was one. Yeah, yeah, so they'll do their research, and they'll they'll make a movie like Treasure Planet, and like, oh... Uh, based on our research, it was supposed to do really good, and then it wouldn't. And, you know, you can't really blame them in a way because if you lose out on on, on this, like the Don't Treasure Planet, then this is like tens of millions of dollars, which if you point on your stock price, which means everybody, literally everybody, <laughs> loses money. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like, on one hand, you can't really blame them. On the other hand, like when you ask why do st uh, big studios like Disney make stupid decisions, it's because they do all their all of their creative decisions based on market research which could go, and polling. Like, it could go good and bad. There's nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing market research. However, when you solely rely on that. You, yeah, for you your creative process. Yeah. In the creative process. Yeah, and you start looking at creative uh, items as commodities more than uh, uh, <sighs> services. <laughs> yeah, we got the word. Yeah. We got or I should say, maybe I should say it the other way around. I don't know. I'm going to amend that statement probably later. <laughs> yeah. 
if it makes it, it makes it. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so then I think we did we maybe we have tar- talked about this already, but my mind just probably went blank. It's been mm-hmm. a very long week, by the way, for the both of us. Yeah. <laughs> so many instances, but it's kind of like eh, going on like what? What is it like? Fifteen percent brain power combined. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. But if this movie was not an hour and a half, and say two and a half hours, do you think it would do as well? Commercially, probably not. However, I think um, it. I think long term, it would do a lot better for Disney. You would see mm-hmm. Atlantis, Lost Empire rides at Disneyland. You'd probably see, or at least Disney World. Uh, I can definitely see Disney. Yeah, World. you would. This would have much more of a following about fifteen years later. Cult following, or I should say, twenty years later now. Well, yeah, not so much. It's a cult, sort of a cult following now. But I think yeah. the movie would. Uh, it would have Fran, which. It would have franchise. Um, it would have franchise capabilities, which is everyone wants to franchise now. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you're ta- you're talking about selling toys, which is where you where it's you where make so much of their money. Oh, uh, Lord, yeah. And when and merchandising, oh my gosh, this movie was. It was all back then. It was a gold mine for merchandising. Yo, yeah. You would. They would still be selling toys. All, yeah, it, all, it would uh, be like it would. It wouldn't quite. It would be Star Wars level, but you'd be approaching. But you'd be much 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 more than the average movie yeah come to think of it if they were to capitalize more on this now Mm -hmm. i i honestly think they would get a lot more bang for the buck oh a hundred percent a hundred percent because i feel i feel personally adventure exploring movies are coming back or at least kind of starting yeah but they're they're still pretty bad sometimes like Like, journey of the sense of the earth the new witch race to witch mountain i really like the old race to Witch mountain but like the new one good i said yeah (laughs) there's a difference yeah well i'm thinking more of jumanji they revived jumanji yeah actually the first jumanji Jumanji was pretty good second was it it could have yeah the second one was yeah and we're talking about the reboot not the original Mm -hmm. 90s one with robin williams um but when they were rebooting, like, you had, like, the main villain, but that was also part of a video game. So, of course, there's going to be a villain in this video game. But it was a good adventure movie. Uh, you have Jungle Cruise also coming out, which I actually, um, when it comes out, I do want to see that. That actually looks mm-hmm. very interesting with Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Try to figure out what other adventure movies. I know there's probably some out there, but I'm oh, yeah. blanking. Mm-hmm. But that's just that was just in terms of Disney Jumanji wasn't Disney. Jumanji was another company that I cannot think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to look it up right now. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's like, bring back more adventure movies. I know they brought, I did, they did one more Indiana Jones film, which I did not like. I felt like they just should have left it at the three. Because mm-hmm. it was a great trilogy, especially like the ending shot with The Last Crusade. Mm-hmm. Um, just riding off into the sunset. So, moral of the story, please bring back good adventure movies <laughs> that aren't just crap and actually are good all the way yeah. around and don't take in the last third of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to figure out okay. what else is there. Yeah, I think we uh, kind of covered everything. Oh, yeah. I think we also talked about the book, Could This Movie Be Made Today? I think yeah, we, we ta- of, yeah, we touched on that. We touched a little bit on that. I, I think it would be watered down a little bit. Oh, yeah. Personally. And like I said, it would be, it would be paint by numbers. They would just like yeah, they would they would it. yeah it'd just be paint by numbers okay what did this study say what did this study say what did this study, study say? say yeah which is pretty much everything that they do now so I mean yeah, it I, would just be uh, it might not be as good yeah it would be like. pretty it would be a milk toast version of uh, the original yeah. lacking a lot of personality 
yeah, it needs to have more, per needs to have personality and, and enjoy. So, I would, uh, as you can tell, we do recommend this movie. Mm. We hate the last third. You yeah. Hate the last third. <laughs> but highly recommend. Honestly, great family movie. Mm. I'm even with the little alcoholic references, but other than that, <laughs> mention it twice. It's fine. Yeah. But great family movie. Highly recommend. We grew up watching it. Old school Disney is the best Disney, personally. And with that, we are signing off. Thank you for joining us today on tonight movie. Please join us next time when we talk about... Actually, I don't know what movie we're talking about. We'll figure that out later. <laughs> Have a great day.